What if it's time to call it quits? I know. What if you are meant for something else? What if you were never meant to be a healthcare provider? Has anyone ever really thought about, is this for me? And if it was for me, is it still for me? Should I still be in healthcare, let alone being a traveling healthcare professional, which we all know is even more stressful and more difficult? We're going to talk about it today. I'm going to bring on guest uh, Danielle Orsino. She's an author. She's also an LPN. And she has completely changed her life and actually has left currently and probably still will the nursing career that she thought she was destined for to pursue something different. And it's okay. And sometimes in our world, in our healthcare world especially, we don't know that it's okay to say this isn't and never was for me or perhaps it is time for me to walk away. We're going to talk about it this week on Travel Evolved. It's Travel Evolved. I'm Mark Holloway. Welcome, everyone. I'm excited about the show, as always. <laughs> Hope everyone's having a great holiday season. Um, I know we're recording these kind of all over the place, but um, especially when we have a guest like we have today. Um, like I said last week, I believe, I've got some really cool episodes coming up. This is one of them. One I'm really, really excited about because this is, again, in my opinion, one of those topics that you're never going to hear someone from my side of the industry, which is the side that generates a good chunk of money from the efforts of travelers, telling travelers that maybe they shouldn't be in healthcare. I, I know it's weird or whatever, but that's that's what I want to talk about. You're going to get things from me you're not going to get from anybody else. And here's the thing. It is, in my opinion, it is kind of an unwritten, not unwritten rule, I don't want to say, a, a philosophy that so many healthcare professionals have inbred in them that it's not okay to, you know, potentially to walk away or to say, boy, this just isn't for me. You guys have a tough job. And if you're traveling, I think it's it's exacerbated. I think it's even harder to be a traveling healthcare professional by far than it is just to be a, a healthcare professional in general. I just think it flat out is. <clears throat> it's more stressful. Yeah, there's some good financial, but it's really the only benefit, <clears throat> excuse me, except for some freedoms that you might have. There's a lot there that would say, man, I think the burnout factor, we've done an episode on that, can really come into play. But you guys are so unique that I wanted to do an episode that said, you know, when is it time to call it quits? So, you know, when to call it quits if it isn't? And again, for some of you, I also want to kind of subtitle this one that it, it may not have ever been for you. And I think that's okay. Um, I just, I really do. And so I, I wanted to bring on a guest, and I, I found Danielle. Danielle, I've been talking for a while now. 
super unique gal, very bright. She's a, an LPN who decided she had a different calling. And um, here, the bottom line is that she's actually a fantasy author of, I, I know of at least three books that she's done in a series. It's called The Birth of Fay, and we'll talk to you guys and show you how to get it. Um, I think the team's going to put some of the, the artwork up. I mean, really, really cool series that, that Danielle has created. And she's got a really great story to tell about how this whole thing came about. And more importantly, I'm hoping to, you know, she's waiting for us to jump on here, but I'm hoping that we can talk a little bit about, and mostly today, about how to recognize that, you know, man, maybe this this healthcare profession, especially maybe travel, may not be for me anymore, or I don't know if I can keep doing this. And I want to tell everyone out there that that's okay. And again, most CEOs be like, no, stay working, especially working for me. And a lot of you do. I mean, a lot of people out there that listen to Travel Evolved are, in fact, working directly with me. I mean, there's, there's no two ways around that. But I'm here to tell you that if you are at a place in your life when this may not be making sense, then this may not be making sense. And it's okay. So I want to jump in with, with Danielle. She's, again, she's she's on the uh, two time zones ahead of me. So I know she's got a lot going on. She's got deadlines and all kinds of things that smart authors and those kinds of people have. But I'm going to have her join me because I really think she's got a really cool story to tell. And and again, she didn't just go into administration or become a case manager or, you know, move into, you know, something that's similar. She went completely 180 degrees out. And it took her by surprise from what I, you know, from what I know of her. This was not something that she had um, been planning. It just kind of happened. And she was smart enough to recognize that there is another alternative to my life besides what I had carved out for myself. And I will tell you this, in speaking with Danielle a couple of times, that she really was was knee-deep and entrenched in this is what I'm going to do forever. And I'm going to go, and, and I, I think she wanted to become a physician's assistant, if I'm not mistaken, um, from what we talked before. She had a, a, a whole career path laid out for her, and she had just kind of gotten going, and all of a sudden, boom, curveball. And again, what I love about her is that she recognized that there is other options, and I want to offer that to you guys. And I want you guys to have this episode, in, you know, in your mind. I don't care if you're thinking about it ten years from now. I hope that we're, we have that much of an impression on you guys. But I, I want to get this out there and talk about the fact that it's okay because all of you, at some point, will say it's time to hang it up. Whether it's after an illustriously long, wonderful career, or it's right now today. It's okay, and to recognize when it's time, and to understand that there are some other things out there, I think is really healthy. It, it, it's important to know that this isn't have to be the end-all, be-all of your career as a professional, let alone as a healthcare professional. So, Danielle's on there. I'm going to jump in and, and, and grab her real quick because I, again, I want to I want to knock this out. But um, I'm going to grab her, and we're going to talk a little bit here, not a little bit, a lot of bit about. Um, you know when to call it quits, and so let's pull her up so we can get my friend on here, and we can jump on this uh, pretty quickly here. So hang tight, let me switch my mics as I always do. Hey Danielle, how are you? Good. How are you? Good. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you for um, having I'm, me. I'm I'm really excited to have you. It's gonna be a fun episode. Um, like I say, it's I appreciate your time. We're recording this in the morning, so I know you, both of us have busy days, but. Um, Anyway, um, you're in your garb. You said you were going to be, which is awesome. Yes, I'm all we'll fade explain, out for you. <laughs> that's right. We'll explain that in just a minute. Um, 
I guess as we as I said, yeah, you know, I, I know you may have heard me on the intro, but yeah, sometimes it's okay, in my opinion, and I think a lot of healthcare professionals kind of. I don't know if it's the if it's the, the Hippocratic oath or whatever it comes to, but they get I think kind of weird, if you will, about I don't know if I want to stay in this industry. So you know, you and I are going to talk a lot about you know when to call it quits, kind of a thing. I want to kind of take our our listeners and our viewers back to the beginning, if you will. I guess tell me about you know your start in healthcare. You know, you're an LPN. You still are, right? You're still a licensed LPN. Correct. Yes. And I just I guess let's go back to the you know. To before when you were thinking about getting it, what is it that got you into healthcare in the first place? What was it that kind of attracted you to that field? It's funny. I started out I actually from a martial arts background. So after many, many injuries, uh, it just, I had a respect for healthcare. I mean, I've been treated so many times. I've had uh, a torn hamstring. I've had a medial meniscus tear. I've had several injuries. So after a while, you know, you see a lot of doctors and nurses, chiropractors, whatever, I had a respect for it. I had an interest in it all through high school. I thought I was going to head into healthcare. It's always been in the back of my head. So to head down this road, it seemed like a natural progression. I was in personal training for years. So this just seemed like an inevitable road, if you will. You know, those of us that are in, I mean, I've been in healthcare. If you want to count what I do in healthcare, I'm not. I'm on the other side of the desk. Mm -hmm. But I've been around healthcare people for 22 years now. And I've always told people inside my organization that I, I do believe that healthcare providers, people that get into healthcare, there is this, and maybe I'm wrong, that's why I'm just asking this innocent question, that there is a, a real feeling of, of service, that, that you guys are wired in, in a way that you really, in fact, and I'm not saying everybody doesn't outside, but healthcare providers specifically seem to be really wired for, for helping other people, especially, you know, when we're not talking about, you know, uh, Helping with uh, you know your backyard deck or something. We're talking about helping you with your life, with your with your health, yes. serious stuff. Is that is that kind of the way you felt too? Is that was that a real thing? And or do I is it just people who get into healthcare because they want to get into healthcare? Or is that kind of inbred? Do you think in a lot of people? I think it's always a calling, and I, I hate to use that term because I feel like it's kind of trite and it's always used. Is oh, it's a calling. I think it really is. I think there's an interest, obviously, in science and understanding the body and knowing it. But yes, I think there's always this calling to want to help because either you, something has happened in a, to a family member and you've seen that service and you want to be a part of it and maybe you want to uh, pass it along or move it, you know, pass it forward to an extent. Right. So I think it's always there and it is something that's a little more inbred uh, or maybe you have a family member in healthcare and you see what they go through and you want to kind of carry on the tradition. Uh, for me, as, as funny as that sounds, um, my, my idol is Wonder Woman. That's always been my childhood idol, Linda Carter, the whole thing. And Wonder Woman was a nurse. Uh, my my right. nursing uniform I designed based on the 1940s comic, Wonder Woman. I actually took it to my nursing instructor and said, I know we're supposed to wear a nursing uniform. It's supposed to be traditional. Can I wear this? And I showed it to her. And she looked at me and she went, Danielle, do what you want. She was tired of fighting. You know, after nine months of fighting with me, she was finally like, do whatever you want. Right. Um, but I designed my nursing uniform after Wonder Woman. Interesting. So there was always this kind of justice, this attitude of helping others that had always been instilled in me via Wonder Woman. Uh, so, yeah, it was it was always there. Uh, mm -hmm. But after being injured so much and being around healthcare. And the people who had helped me, I had always 
felt like, yeah, that's kind of where I'm going to go. Right. And that's where I ended up. So I do think it's something that's always in you. Yeah. How it comes out is, is all different for different people. That's interesting, you know. So, and I guess we should probably just—I mean, I—I I think it'd be important. To, I, I'm going to just say, I'll tell our listeners and our viewers, you're—you are currently not in healthcare. So, I, I want to kind of mm-hmm. that way. Right. You, when you tell your story, people understand what you're doing. You're an author now, and yes. you are an author in—in. In, and tell me if I'm getting this wrong. Pardon my ignorance, but it, fantasy books, right? Is that—is that, is that yes. the right genre? I'm talking about. Yes, I'm in fantasy. Yep. Fantasy. Correct. You're published, you've written a number of books, you've got a great series out there. We'll talk to our viewers and tell them how to get a hold of that here during the series. But you really went 180 degrees, so I just wanted everyone that was watching us to understand that you, in fact, did make this decision that healthcare wasn't for you at this time and and potentially Mm -hmm. forever, and you you took a leap of faith and you got out of being a a nurse, which is, um, Mm -hmm. I think, remarkable. And it wasn't because, and you and I have talked, obviously, it wasn't necessarily because of the burnout factor, which I talk to a lot of my listeners about because a lot of them are, you know, empty nesters. They've been doing this for a long time, and I do see that, especially right now, with how heavy the burden has been on healthcare workers. But you got out for a completely different reason. You got out because, well, I think, tell it. Tell, tell me, tell our listeners what it is that got you, that changed, and started your progress to maybe this isn't for me anymore. I got out uh, for, there was a number of factors, and I like to say the universe was throwing little pebbles, and when I didn't listen, it threw a boulder, and then finally it was like, <laughs> here is a gigantic, gigantic rock that could like make the Grand Canyon, I'm going to land on your head. Uh, I was basically, I became close with a patient who needed a distraction during long IV treatment for Lyme disease, and um, I decided to tell him the story. It just kind of came off the top of my head. We shared some some stories back and forth together. And uh, what happened from there was I had a series of events. One was anaphylaxis to the exact drug that I was giving and helping people with. Mm. So that was the first thing. And it almost killed me. I had a needle stick first. And then I was treated with the drug went into anaphylaxis. Mm. That was my first thing. And then it turned out all those little hives I was having was not from latex and somebody not cleaning up. I was developing this allergy to this drug. So from there, it was, you can't stay here. I tried to stay at my job. I really, really tried. I yeah. moved into research. I did all these other things. Was not happening. Uh, so I was like, that's okay. I'm going to go to PA school. That was always my goal. Uh, went on all the interviews, did all that. Meanwhile, my patient was saying, you need to write that story you told me. He was right there <laughs> was whispering in my ear. Yeah. He was like, you need to go write this. Like, forget healthcare. You need to do this. And I was like, no. And I think this is where... A lot of healthcare workers get stuck. We pay so much for our education that right. to get out, it, it feels like, what did I just do? I wasted all this time and this money. So we tend yeah. to stay. Uh, from there, I got into PA school. I was accepted, but I did what my patient did. I shopped the book around and I heard from one school that was like, look, you're allergic to this entire drug class of cephalosporins no, you can't come here because it's a liability. One school said, we're going to work around this. We're going to find a way. We're going to work around it. Don't worry about it. But my book was accepted by a publisher. And technically, if the book came out during the time I was in the program, it was a violation of their employment contract. Really? So, yeah, I did not know that. And the head of the program called me and said, look, if he's like, I'm not going to act on it. He's like... I." I don't know anything. He's like, blinders are on. Don't worry about it. He said, but if another 
teacher brings this to my attention. Yeah. He's like, technically, I have to kick you out of the program. You forfeit all your credits. It's a $30,000 fine. Your loans all go into default. Wow. And he's like, and none of this transfers. None of these, he's like, it's med school. Nothing transfers. So you had to just make a decision. It was either this or that because you could have scrapped the book at yep. that point. And, and tell me, and tell us, are you, were you, what were you really leaning to? Was this something that was, that was really driving you? Were you kind of on the fence? I mean, was it just a whim? No, I was, I was heading to med school. I mean, I was going to PA school because I thought no, I mean, yeah. it's, a, it's a great job. Like, right. you know, it's starting salary. Like I was looking at it as this is the logical choice. This is That's what, what I been had, thinking about your whole life. I had paid so much money, you know, and that was really, like I said, I think this kind of comes down to a lot of healthcare workers. I paid all this money for my bachelor's. I had paid a lot of money in prereqs because every program has different prereqs. So mm -hmm. I paid all this money plus the application fees. And I sat through, I mean, I remember one interview was five and a half hours. Wow. I was like, I'm not throwing this away. So I thought I was going, and then the gentleman said to me, he's like, if I was you, bet on yourself. And I just said, I'm betting on red. Let's go. Roll the dice. Yeah. And decided, you know what? I'm just going to do this. I'm going to get out. Because as much as I thought about PA school, it was this program did not give you the summers off. You went straight through. Mm -hmm. And I thought I had just done that with nursing. I had done the LPN accelerated program where I went the full time straight through. Could right. I do that for two years? Hmm. So you uh, had a bunch of things happening all at once. You had two of your, well, I guess one of them was a, was a dream you've had for a long time. And then the other was this, I mean, obviously, clearly, if, it, if you threw out a story to tell a patient off the top of your head, you realized you also had talent for an opportunity. And I think anybody on the planet would know that if somebody's interested in something you're creating and writing, that's not, that's a little bit of a lightning in a bottle scenario. You, you may not have that opportunity again. So two opportunities coming together at the exact same time, what do you do? And obviously we, we, we know the story you chose, you chose, chose the lightning me. in the bottle at this point. I went with that. And there were, there were other factors. I had applied to a nurse practitioning program because I thought, you know, let me, let me stick with the nursing right. branch, you know, on the tree, let's, let's go that way. Okay. And I remember sitting in that program and um, in the interview, and it was it was not going well at all. It was going really, really bad. Like, yeah, yeah. and I interviewed pretty good. This was going so bad. At one point, one of the nurses said to me, uh, you know what LPN stands for? And I kind of looked and I said, yeah, licensed practical nurse. She went, no, let's play nurse. RN stands for real nurse. And the doctor turned around and looked at her and I was like, I'm sorry, I don't understand. And she was like, this is for people who want to switch careers. And it was like, I got this whole lecture and I just thought, this is going so badly. Mm -hmm. And it was just one thing after another. And I was like, why do I want to stay in nursing? Because I had just, it was done for me, you know? That and was I was really like, I have this I had this having book. the luck of having that that person. There was a woman you said that it was so yes. condescending to you, and I get that all the time. Obviously, in my role, I hear people. Mm -hmm. I had one the other day. There was a just nurse was giving a, giving charge, and she happened to have the misfortune of uh, having somebody. Uh, she had been floated to an area that wasn't her normal specialty, and this woman was really hard on her. Like, what are you even doing here? You don't know what you're doing, and 
you know, here's a traveler who was asked to go into a unit. This person comes in to, to relieve her at 7 a.m., and it was just belittering her, and, and she really was upset about it. And it's unfortunate that there's always that person, but in your case, maybe that disgruntled, I guess, I don't even know what to call her on a podcast, but we'll leave it at that, gal, yeah. did you a huge favor by making you go, you know what, the heck with this, this is, I'm done. It was just one of those situations. I remember I finally, it was good though, because I stood up for myself. I turned around and I said, because um, she kept referring to herself as a doctor. So finally I turned around and I said, I looked at the woman at the end. I said, okay, you're a medical doctor. I got you. And I looked at her. I said, you're a PhD. And she said, well, yeah. And I said, when was the last time you touched a patient? Just wondering. And she looked at me. She said, what does that have to do with it? I said, well, you keep saying 20 years in nursing. When was the last time you touched a patient? And she got quiet and she said, 13 years ago. I said, okay. I said, I went to Southern Westchester BOCES. I got it. You guys all got a problem with BOCES. I get it. But I said, the women who taught me still work on the weekends. And they've been in nursing 25, 30 years. Mm -hmm. And they're still touching patients. I said, you, not a nurse. If you haven't touched a patient recently and you can't start an IV or you can't find a vein, I said, you see, I can LPN or not, I said, I still went and got certified. I can, right. I can find a vein. Yeah. And I'm like, you need to move aside. It's because those women are real nurses. You're just lecturing me and belittling me because right. you think you're above it all. I said, so you know what? I don't even want to go here. And then when the whole interview was over, she went and shake my hand. The doctor came to me and she said, go apply to the PA program. She's like, just go. It's, this is not. They're never going to let you in. She goes, I don't care if you have a 4.0. I don't care what you have. Right. And I just looked at her. I said, there might be something better for me. And this is maybe as far as I've come. Nursing av uh, availed me to meet my patient. And maybe that's all it was meant to do for me. Yeah. Was, you Being know. patient that helped you tell the story. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. That was possibly it. Um, did that I, story I, become the, the, the book of Faye? Is that the book yeah, of Faye? Yeah, that's exactly that... what it did. That's that's really? as far as it went. And I now didn't know that when we talked earlier, I didn't realize that was the. I just thought that it was a different was, story. That that was it. It was just you, one of those moments where you threw the first portion of your three part series, right? <laughs> it's we're at, we're at book uh, book three is coming out later, but right. uh, I've written nine so far, oh my God. and the patient actually shows up. He is the the star of um, books seven and eight, and then he that's continues awesome. on. Um, but he has his own literary persona and he jokes with me. I, I still speak to this patient almost every day. Really? Um, he's become one of my best friends. He's my biggest cheerleader. And he jokes like, he's like, when, when do I show up again? I'm like, you're both seven <laughs> and eight. I was that's like, I'll awesome. kill you. That's such a cool, I didn't realize that was, I mean, I, it was a cool story anyway. I didn't realize, I just thought you, you realized you had some creativity and some ability that you didn't maybe know. I didn't realize that you threw out uh, yeah. nine is that should you've done nine episodes or nine parts of the series in yes. a, a, a bedside situation wow that's that's really cool and i'm so glad that you still are in touch with that patient it's kind of interesting have you ever seen i guess when when you were in you know in and again it's interesting because you have kept your your license uh, yes. active back when you were there have you ever seen other other traveler, I'm not sorry, traveler, other healthcare professionals, we'll just put it out there, mm -hmm. whether they be, you know, allied, someone coming up and, you know, getting somebody ready for a scan or, or anything like that, another nurse, an RN, an LPN, that you just looked and said, what are you still doing in this field? The, the oh, time God, has yeah. passed you by. 
I've seen doctors like that. I've seen MAs, LPNs, RNs. I've seen several where I'm like, why, why are you here? What are you holding on to? And I think a lot of it comes down to sometimes the money pulls them in. Cause mm-hmm. let's face it, we all need to get paid. I mean, that's just yeah. how it is. I've seen people behind the desk where this, the temper is so short. And I, I think that's what gets lost in the years of being in this industry is that they're jaded and I get it. Sometimes patients, you know, patients are sick. They're not, nobody's friendly when they're sick. That's You're just at your worst. Great, great point. Yeah. You know, we're just not, I mean, I, I've seen it and I was dealing with Lyme disease. These people had been passed over. They'd been told they had MS, Parkinson's, you know, a million things, or just, they were fine. It was all in their head. Mm-hmm. So by the time they got to us, they were so annoyed and frustrated. No, they're not nice. So the people behind the desk were not happy. Uh, Some of the MAs had been there forever. The nurses. Yeah, there were times where I was like, what are you doing here? Even the doctor I'd look at and go, you're now in it maybe for the money. Not so much the care aspect. Um, So, yeah, I had seen more than my share, which definitely made my decision to get out. Yeah. A little easier, but it also made... It also propelled me on why I didn't want to stay. And there's nothing wrong with being an LPN, so I don't want to misunder—I don't want anybody to misunderstand me. But it would make my decision to want to get out of that role a lot better, and you know, kind of propel me forward. I knew I couldn't stay there. Yeah, uh, that was definitely, definitely a factor. I mean, I would work. I was hired specifically for holidays and weekends, so I was there Christmas morning with these people dripping. And I came in with a Santa hat, munchkins, you know, donuts, everything to try to make their day a little better. Because who the heck wants to drip for two hours on a on Christmas morning? Right. Nobody. You make a really great point, and it's something that I think is relatively unique in healthcare, and that is that it's really understandable why someone would, you know, go into this. I'm going to help the world, and in your case, I'm going to be Wonder Woman or Florence Nightingale, whatever the Mm -hmm. whatever the your 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 vision is quickly i would imagine for many maybe it takes longer for others it, you are seeing the worst of the worst in people and you see that throughout i've spent a lot of time in hospitals and you see that throughout the the corridor from, from literally from you know i don't care if you're a case manager to a, to somebody who's providing bedside care there is this emotionless kind of uh, persona that sometimes takes over, where it is, it is more robotic, you're a machine, and that Wonder Woman, Florence Nightingale impression slowly ebbs and is is beaten out of you or is <laughs> dissolved in you, whatever yes. way you want to put it. So it's really common. So I guess for people that are watching and listening, as I, I don't think people should feel bad. And I think that no. is a part of it, is that these people sometimes think, I made a commitment to this myself, but it's financial, the amount of money I've spent. It, it, let's be honest, you said it yourself, it can be lucrative. It, you're also in high demand, so it, you have a job. Even if you're not happy with that location or that facility, I think all healthcare professionals realize that it's it's kind of a, I mean, you're, you're a commodity. I mean, you really do have an, an option to go work a lot of different places. So there's that, that, that um, comfort level that if I leave this, as jaded or as drained as I am, I'm still walking away from either myself or something. And it's probably pretty scary. And that could, in fact, be part of the reason why people just don't want to do it, even if they should get out. 
I think um, the problem is with being somebody who wants to provide, uh, who's a service provider and wants to help people, you do, if, like in my case, I saw these patients every single day. Every day they dripped. I was attached. I got attached. It's that simple. Even when my own health was affected, I was still in there helping them. I could not leave them. There were days I didn't get paid because we were having problems with insurance. I was still there. I, you know, at some point, you know, people are like, oh God, how stupid are you? But when you see these people for years yeah. walking in, you don't want to leave them because you know the quality of healthcare you provide. You yeah. know whose veins roll. You know who needs a, a stick, who wants, you know, to be, to have their vein numbed before you stick it. You know who doesn't. You know everybody's idiosyncrasies. You don't want someone else coming in and taking that patient because you've gotten to know them. You know who needs yeah. like a little extra care, who doesn't, whose vein is going to blow. Comes in there naturally. It's my patient. No, no. Yeah, no. it's yeah. just that's how you get. Um, you know, I knew on Sundays who wanted to watch the football games, who didn't. It just it became so ingrained mm -hmm. that I stuck around longer than I should. Yeah. Because I, I knew everybody there. Um, so it definitely kept me there to the point where, like I said, there were, we would go sometimes two weeks without getting paid because we were having, we were fighting with the insurance. That doesn't work in the travel world, by the way, because you just jump to one of the 400 other agencies that will pay you faster and better. So that, I mean, that's, that's a good thing. That's wow. That's wild. So you, but you did get paid. Eventually. I did eventually, but yeah, yeah, we'd be fighting. I mean, you know, there were days supplies were low and, you know, it was, she would send us to the hospital and say, okay, go there because she had privileges and they'll give you, you know, whatever we needed. Right. But you stayed for the patients because with, with this type of clinic that we were at, you saw them. It wasn't an in or out primary care where it's like you saw them for their yearly physical and that was it. Yeah. We were seeing them every day at their best and their worst and because it was Lyme and there's so much battle on the medical front on, is it Lyme? Is it this? Is it that? Yeah. It's weird. You just got to know them. It's a and stigma, right? Their whole family. Yeah. It, yeah. it was, I mean, I had families come in from five years old to the fa father who's 45 and they'd all be dripping in a row. Mm. You just, you, you get to know them. There's no other way. So it keeps you in, it, it keeps you anchored to that family. And, it's hard and, to and not necessarily in a good way. I mean, obviously. So, no. Yeah. And, and there is, as you as you can attest to, there is life after healthcare. And talk about yes. a big swing. I mean, let's 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 talk about the now. You have a completely different lifestyle. Yes, one hundred percent. Obviously. And and I, and again, for our viewers out there, I mean, not everyone is going to be it has the talent or the or the ability to 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 write a book. But there are there are so many things that I think. People don't, don't ever think about. I think I'm sure five years ago, the last thing, or, or eight years ago, the last thing you ever thought about was that you would have written, you'd be a published author, and 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 never incredibly uh, invigorated and and excited about what you do now. And you're not sitting there figuring out, oh gosh, I got to go to sleep because I've got to get up for a 7 p.m. shift, or I've mm -hmm. got to go deal with with that you know administrator in that place. I mean, there is a good outcome for those that have realized that this is no longer for them it's okay to walk away and i think no one tells you that as a nurse i remember when it when i had to make this decision i called one of my old nursing instructors 
I called Mrs. Hawkins because uh, it was just time. I, I knew I had to make this decision. So I did call her and she was the one to say, Danielle, it's okay. She's like, yeah. you, you can walk away. It's, it's, this is not a bad thing. It's, you know, it's time. It's uh, maybe a good thing, right? Because yeah. you, you, before you get so disenchanted and either make a mistake or just are, are no longer, actually you're doing the, the public a disservice. It, I it, didn't it can wanna, be a good decision. I didn't want to be jaded because, and this is going to sound weird, and I know there's going to be an eye roll here or there. Um, I watched a lot of the show Scrubs. I really did. And I learned a lot about how to treat others from a patient healthcare standpoint from watching that show because I got to see how not to do it and what to do. I really did. <laughs> no, that's there's, good. It's a good, it's, it's, I'm sure there was some eye rolls out there, but same token as people listen to it, they go, okay, good point. And I think, yeah, that's, that's I mean, it. there was one episode um, where they based everything on the rule on the lessons you learn from watching Sesame street. And it was from a healthcare provider standpoint on what the newbies were doing to the patients. And I really watched it. And I remember thinking, yeah, like just taking the time to talk to a patient, what it does. And so I tried to always keep that in my head as I dealt with patients, because I, I even got bullied by patients. I remember, yeah. you know, the, the cackling, we called them the cackling hens. And I remember trying to do an IV. And this one woman was like, you can go here. You, you can't go here. You can't go here. You can't go there. You can only go right here. And it was right in a bruise. And I'm like, I, I, I can't go there. And I tried to explain medically why. And finally, I just said, look, lady, I can't go there. Like, that's it. If you wanted the And I went to go in and she pulled her arm away as I was inserting. And I'm like, and then she's like, you scratched me. She blew up on me, made this big scene. And finally, she said, I, I don't want my IV today. And I'm like, all right, well, there's nothing I could like. It was a whole thing. Yeah. She wound up going to another patient and doing nothing but sitting there and complaining about me for 20 minutes. And finally, one of the guys got up and said, look, he's like, I have sat here. You've got this girl almost in tears. And he like defended me and whatever. But after that, she would go to everybody and complain and complain. Yeah. And I was like, okay, you still have to be nice. You still have to be nice. And it was just so much to always be dealing with. But I had to remember she's sick. Yeah. And it was like when it was time to leave. I couldn't dwell on those moments. I just had to know it's time to go. Right. And I talked to Mrs. Hawkins. I talked to people. And I was like, I don't want to be that nurse that's always thinking about the negative stuff. I learned so much wonderful things from these patients. It's okay to go now with grace. And remember, at the end of the day, my health is also a factor. Yeah. You know, right. the stress I have now is totally different than getting up and having to be there for an 8 a.m. shift, prep my bags, do whatever and work Christmas morning. I worked every Christmas Eve, Christmas morning, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, Thanksgiving, Easter. I know the feeling. <laughs> yeah. I worked all of them and I didn't get time and a half because that's what I was hired for. So there was no holiday pay. That's what I worked. Um, it's okay to turn around and say, you know what? I'm gonna try another aspect of my life. If I ever wanna go back, I have my license. Yeah. I can go back whenever I want. Um, but sometimes you got to know when it's just time to take a step back. Yeah. I think the biggest myth, though, is everybody saying, oh, you guys are so in demand. It's so great to be a nurse. Yeah, but when we get there, believe me, there there's a lot of people telling us you can be replaced. There's a bunch of people yeah. out there looking for jobs. There's always that undercurrent. 
mm-hmm. to keep us down here, especially as LPNs. All we ever hear, I don't know about the other LPNs out there, but I know for us, you can only work in long-term care facilities. You're so replaceable. You know they're getting rid of LPNs. That was That's what I heard every that's day. The, they're getting rid of man. LPNs. You know that, right? We heard that all the time. Yeah. Finally, I turned around and remembered my NP interview and said, they should get rid of two-year RNs, bump them to four years, and make the LPNs a two-year associate degree. You would have thought I kicked the puppy down the stairs. The look on <laughs> all their faces was like, huh? Yeah. So the bottom line is you, it's okay to leave. Yeah. Have your own opinions. But yeah, when it's time to get out of healthcare. You'll know. Don't stay there and be jaded because you spent all this money on on your education. I think that keeps more of us there than we care to admit. Or because you're hanging on to career because it's what you know. There is, and, and I think healthcare professionals are unique. You guys have kind of a, a different type of business acumen. In other words, your life as a, in your case, as a nurse, is really different than probably 95% of the general public's life. I'm sure there's a lot of jobs out there, a lot of careers out there that are similar in that aspect. But it really is. I mean, oftentimes they're working on 12-hour shifts. They've got four days off. You know, maybe you were in, a, you were in an eight-hour shift in, in your in your facility. But, I mean, it is a different feeling. And also to think that that's going to go away and maybe they're going to do a nine-to-five job or I'm going to oh, become no. a realtor or a mortgage broker and my life is going to be different. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're going to – realtor, you're going to work six days a week. But, you know, it, you've got freedom. You've got different different – demands. I think that scares a lot of people, like you're saying. And I guess for today's episode, the idea is that it's okay to be scared. It's okay to realize you're walking away when the time is there. It's still the time is there. Do you do you have any regrets at this point of, of leaving healthcare? No, I don't have any regrets for leaving healthcare. Uh, it was definitely my time. You know, like I said, the universe was telling me it was time to go. I was not listening totally was not listening. I'll be the first to admit it. Um, I have no regrets. I'm so grateful for my time in healthcare. I think, I think there should be more support for nurses. Definitely emotionally, because there is none and we don't support each other. I'm going to be very honest. Yeah. That's a really great point. You guys don't, and I don't know why it is You, you, you feast on each other. It's the natural reaction. I don't know if it's a competition thing, but that is true, and and I can't fix that. And I don't think you and I could. Maybe we can come back and we can talk about that. We can talk about it until we're blue in the face, but we don't. Right. Um, but it is weird. It's a. I think what it is is we're set. It's it's also the climate. We're just set not to. It's yeah. you know, I think part of it also comes down to where are you going to make as an adult? Where do you make friends? You make them at work. You know, yeah. like we're that's just how it is. But when you're in that high pressure situation and there's, there is a shortage. Uh, also, you know, the, the idea that at any moment you could make a mistake, which could cost you your job, and it might not be necessarily your mistake, but it could be the person next to you. That pressure, I think, just gets to people. And I get it. Also, it's how we're trained. I mean, we're in school and we're back in high school. Let's face it. Nursing school is high school all over again. And right? then you transfer it to, to work. We're kind of a petri dish of mean girls yeah it it just is i mean I, i'm saying yes like i know i i have witnessed a little bit of it but I, i've heard more about that i think than actually witnessed it and it's really weird again too that it is 
you really hit a good point that I thought was really interesting when you talk about it is, you know, I mean, I, I put myself through college with it in the restaurant industry, and it's, it's like that. I mean, it's, it's a Petri dish. But we make a mistake. You get fired and you go bartend at another restaurant. You have this really serious undertone of what your job is coupled along with some cattiness and like you said the mean girl mentality mean guy mentality and it's there and I'm not trying to I think project something that that I don't see I do hear that I mean probably all the time for 22 years I've heard about how mm-hmm. weird that environment is from that side of, of of you know patients don't see it oftentimes family don't family members don't see it oftentimes but you guys do have that that those two going against each other yes really stressful environment and that competition or who knows what it is where you're trying to be friends and it's and yet you've got this seriousness that's a really it's a really interesting thought i don't even know how to complete the thought but it's a really weird it's almost like we're set up for it and it's not fair to nurses because then we get this reputation for it and it's like well you know everybody gets it there and say well it's you know i'm not saying it's every nurse and i'm not saying it's every situation but it almost doesn't feel fair to put us in that because it's it's just an odd dichotomy. Yeah. And it's it's like I said, it's it's just not fair. Uh, I saw it a lot. I have to say, my nursing class, we were lucky, but we had a death in our class yeah, where one of our students literally died of brain aneurysm studying. It puts a lot of things in perspective, but. From the very first day we were set up, I remember the whole, there were 90 of us sitting there and the head of the program, who was later arrested for fraud, which is kind of funny, um, said, look to the right, look to the left, one of you will be gone. That that was the first line for us. And we were all like, well, that's a way to start an assembly. I mean, just from day one, it was like the competition was there and it was in us. My class was very close. We grew closer after our, our peers' death. A lot of things changed. But I just feel like it's an old, antiquated stereotype that nurses are like this, and it's just carried on and carried through. And I do feel like there's a competition between RNs and LPNs because they don't know what to do with the two uh the two factions so they mm-hmm. tend to pit us against each other and then you throw in MAs it's just a whole mess and I don't yeah. think it's necessary because there's no reason why we can't work together but you put in this the stress of the job and now you've got issues uh, yeah what it, a shock that that people get what we just said 15 minutes ago people get burned out people get jaded people get disenchanted yeah. I mean, how can you not shocker right and yeah it's really really wild again this is one of those things i love i love talking about the things that people just don't openly talk about at least they won't they're they're so scared of it i I watched nps and pas go at it when i worked at another job and i would sit there and just watch them and think you're really going to sit here and debate who does more and who's licensed and i would sit there and go then you wonder guys like (laughs) Right. This is this is why, and I kind of laugh because it's it's like watching almost like the factions of Faye go at it with each other, and I'm sitting here going, you know, if a patient sat and watched all this, they'd be like, "You're about to cut who open? No, yeah. we, you know, like back up." 
it's but it's also we're set up that way you know yeah. the doctors oh it's only 15 minutes you can see a patient then this has to come in this has to do this we're under all this high pressure and i think it just stems from the way the healthcare system is set up yeah it really does feel like it's i mean if you, again just jumping back looking 36,000 feet above it and you probably can now mm-hmm. it is not surprising it's not remarkable at all that there is such a high burnout factor and i think the surprise if there is one is how long it takes a healthcare provider again i don't care if we're talking about an mri technician to a cna to a a pta Mm -hmm. it's it's not surprising i mean you really made some great points you know the, the, the the people you're dealing with the you know the families the patients are all in bad places um it's not a good situation. I just had surgery a little while ago, and I, I remember th- going, I- I'm going to be as kind as I can to my pre-op post-op nurse, who, by the way, rolled my van. I've still got two hard spots in my for my IV, um, because they're going to be. I'm going to be sedated in in 15 minutes, and I want to make darn sure that I'm the best patient they've seen all day, because mm-hmm. they're going to take care of me. I don't know why a patient would feel differently. I don't know why you'd ever want to give the person taking care of you a hard time. But I, maybe it's age. I don't know what happens, but people get weird. So it's not surprising. Everything you've said today, I, I hope people out there are hearing us that, you know, it's it's a setup, like you said, it's it's built into the system. It is not surprising and it is nothing to be, not, not ashamed, but nothing to regret and say, gosh, you know what, it's time. Or maybe this was never for me. I had a girlfriend in college that, that you know, was an optima, op, optometric technician, decided she wanted to go to nursing school three days. Someone threw up on her. She said, I'm done. <laughs> that was it. She went back and looked at, you know, checked eyes for an eye doctor the rest of her career. Because yeah. she knew right then she was really lucky. She realized this is not for her. So that really great thoughts. Some, sometimes you just have to know when it's, it, it looks all great. Like I said, you're watching Scrubs and you're going, I could totally do that. That's yeah, it. this looks yeah. fun. It's great. Like I said, I really thought nursing school was going to be like scrubs. I'm going to have my buddy. We're going to hang out. It's going to be great. Doctors are going to be funny or not funny. Yeah. We'll have the quirky old it's, guy and the, the, yeah. the guy that talks fast like I do. You know, <laughs> it did not exactly go down that way. We had a lot of fun. It was great. I had some phenomenal times. My time in nursing school was a lot of fun. But getting out, it didn't exactly go that way. Right. But, you know... Overall, I'm thrilled for my time in nursing. I I loved it, but I also went in thinking I'm going to be a nurse for X amount of time. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go do that. I'm going to wind up as a mid-level provider. That was always my goal. The universe turned around and went, yeah, no, Danielle, sorry. Thank you so much. Um, You know, and that was it. I got out when I did. I'm happy that I got out. Uh, Yeah. Are there days that I'm like, I wish I was a New York Times bestselling author? Well, of course, you know, um, we'll get you there, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm working on it. Right. Okay. So let's switch gears from here. Let's, let's talk about, I want to talk about the fantasy genre. I mean, again, you're, you're, let's, let's talk about the birth of Faye. I want to, I want to, I want to know more about this. I'm not very knowledgeable about this genre. Okay. So let's talk about it. I mean, is this something you've always been, uh, you've, you've had an interest in? I'm a comic book geek. That's my first love. But, you know, I like, like, Mists of Avalon, you know, high fantasy. But, uh, yeah, I've always been a reader and that kind of thing. Did I think I'd ever write a high fantasy book? No, not in a million years. You know, my dad will tell yeah. you that he he found some essay for me when I was in, like, second grade that said, one day I want to be an author. But, you know, the next day I said I want to be Wonder Woman. So go figure. 
uh, you know. <laughs> right. You know, but uh, I always love cosplay, uh, comic books, that kind of thing. I've always been into that my entire life. So interesting. This is, you know, imagination is imagination. So you're basically pulling out, you've, you've created a, a world, so to speak, mm -hmm. right? A fantasy yes. world. You pulled, I mean, there's, 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 I'm sure there's reality behind it, but it is a fantasy yes. world you've created out of your head. You've created characters. Mm -hmm. um, you are dressed as the main character, right? Is, is the main yes. character based on you? Queen, uh, Queen Aurora is kind of based a little bit on a lot of women that I admire. Um, you know, I like to think she's probably the best of us and the best of a lot of women, but there's a little nursing in her in the sense that, you know, she wants to take care of everybody. She wants to take care of her kin. Uh, you know, the series is based on the idea that there are angels who did not get involved with the war between uh, the creator and Lucifer, and they are stuck here on earth. So you have the virtue angels, which are the ones who take care of nature and get the planet ready for humans. And then there are the power brigade, the foot soldiers of the archangels and they have both been left here and now they have to survive because they cannot go home. They cannot go home to the shining kingdom. They don't know why they're locked out and they become what we know as are as the Fae, but they are the gods and goddesses of the polytheistic pantheon, your Roman gods and goddesses, your Egyptians, your Greeks yeah. and human worship equals power. So they then tend to fight over, you know, as much power as they can get that and that, evolved that's just crazy from I mean, there you're, this, you're you're talking so far over my head but at the same token i think it's it's just it's it, i think it's amazing that you that you know again it's one thing to write a, to come up with you know create a, a you know a, a fiction a fictitious you know book that's based upon you know things that are in our world right it's another whole thing completely to create an entire world which I, I mean i have a lot of respect for that that's that's a, it, to me it's it's insane that you know again um your brain thinks this wonderfully beautiful way where it's, I'm just going to create this whole, this whole environment for me. And I, and you, you've obviously worked really hard and you did it like that sitting by a patient's bed, which is, which is pretty remarkable. If you really look back on it, and I'm I sure you probably to, are, are blown away that that's become this. I am blown away that it became all of this. It was funny because it just took, it just took a conversation, which I think is something that's kind of lost today in nursing because we're so rushed but it just took a conversation. I mean, all he said was, I don't want to do this anymore. You got to entertain me and keep me in this chair. Yeah. And from there, it just started with, um, okay, tell me something about your life. And he said, well, I was um, recruited by the CIA out of college. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, you never told me that. And then it kind of evolved into why he didn't take it. And I said, oh, you should have taken it. We could have found out what was in Roswell and, you know, made some jokes about yeah. conspiracies and, you know, the green, little right. green men. And, and he was like, no, it was for the Trends and Intentions Division, the most boring part of the CIA. And I'm like, OK, well, I was like, well, you know, you still should have taken it. We could have found out this. And I was like, you know, where Lyme really comes from. And once again, we kind of played with the conspiracy theories about Lyme. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then he was like. Yeah, Plum Island. And I said, no. And out of my mouth to this day, I still don't know what made me say it because I wasn't really reading any Fay books or anything. Um, I was on another Wonder Woman comic book kick. And I said, um, no, Lime came from the Fay. And he just looked at me. He went, the what? And I was like, yeah, you know, the Fay. I'm like, they don't like the way we're treating the planet. So this is them getting even with us. And he was like, who are the Fay? 
And I'm like, come on, a CIA agent like yourself. I was like, you know, I said, you're really here to find out if the nurse is, you know, the brains behind this whole operation. I was like, she's really a fey hybrid and you're, you're here to find out and bring her in. And he went, yeah, that's why I'm here. And he's like, but tell me more about the fey. And then off the top of my head, I said, they're angels who can't go home. And I just started spinning this story. And every time something happened in the IV room, I just spun it in. So the doctor had this big black Labrador and the dog walked in and I was like, oh, and the king had a black dragon and just something would happen. I'd spin it and we just kind of kept talking. So every time he came in, I told him another piece. And that's really how it came about. So I just took real life things and like threw a little sprinkled a little fairy magic on it. Not thinking right. this was going to go anywhere. I didn't really. Sure. You know. Yeah. What? But it did. And, and I mean, and obviously, how, it's really interesting that, that you, you, you've you got nursing in your in your books. You've got, I mean, any, any author, I would imagine, I'm not an author, but any author, would, would, there's no way you, to kind of keep real life and your experiences out of your writing. It just comes into play. Yes. You're unique in the fact that you could really take it anywhere you want to go. You don't have to base it on that much fact. It, it's in your, all in your head. You can do whatever you want and, mm -hmm. and pull in your own world. Your experiences, you know, your what you what you're wanting to go forward. I don't. Know, it's 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 pretty remarkable. I'd love to tell everybody how they can get. Where, where do they? Where can they find the series? And and you know, the, as they come out, where's the where's the best place that our listeners can? can you can get it? it on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles. Uh, the first book, Locked Out of Heaven, is actually um, on Audible. We're already working on the second book to go on Audible right now. Great. But um, first book is Birth of the Fae, Locked Out of Heaven. Second book is Birth of the Fae, Thine Eyes of Mercy. Uh, that just came out and then the third book is already on its way so for you know either place uh amazon or barnes and nobles they're published by four horsemen so figures i'm published by four horsemen publications <laughs> it just kind of works but right. um or you can you know follow me on instagram at birth of the fay underscore novel or birth of the fay.com that kind of gives you everything that's up and coming on the fay but uh, I'm very excited about it. And the fact that it all kind of came from a patient, I think is really unique. Yeah. It's a really great story that I hope, uh, I hope that you'll, as you become more and more famous, you'll remember your friends here at Travel Evolved and we'll, oh, we'll all say it all came from a patient, which is such a cool, I think it's a cool story that I want to, I'm looking forward to having you tell many, many people for sure. We obviously had some artwork. We're going to show that. We showed that in our intro so people will be able to see it and know that Faye is F-A-E and how to spell everything and be able to see and find you. I'll have the team throw some of that stuff up there because, I, I mean, I think it's cool when you when you get to talk to somebody to then go back and, and read their works. It, it makes it more personal. You actually can see you as you're, as you're reading the book and, and envision you know, what was going on in your head and how to do that. But, it's very cool. I'm very happy I, about I, I, all of it. It's allowed me. It's afforded me yeah. to meet so many cool people. I've been able to even collaborate yeah. poetry with, um, uh, I have a gentleman on Instagram that I, I collaborate with Panda poetic, uh, poetic Panda, you know, like just cool people that I would never have met through uh, without nursing to propel me and right. springboard me forward. Uh, even my crown, I was made by a fan, um, enchanting earth, you know, just like cool things that have happened that really without nursing, none yeah. of this would have been possible. So, Though I got out of healthcare, no, I think no. the biggest thing people need to realize is that there is a life outside of it that could be so much yeah. brighter. And it can be great, right? And we're not we're not saying get out of healthcare, but we're saying if reevaluate 
if it's time and be ready. If it's for time, it is time, don't be ashamed. And it's okay. Yeah, and there's definitely there's definitely some really wonderful things out there that aren't what you always envisioned in your head as being what you were going to do until you retired. There are some options, and if you feel yourself needing to explore those options, explore them. I think is I guess the way. I think that's a, that's up, a good so. point and. Talk to your patients because you don't know where they'll lead you. You know, that could be another factor. I wouldn't have gone down this road without that patient. If he didn't, if he didn't open up to me and I didn't open up to him, we wouldn't have gotten this far. So that's, that's another way to look at it is that we all have a story to share. Yeah, definitely. Well, I really appreciate today. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for kind of enlightening us on, on everything. I think it was a really, really good discussion. I, and there's a lot that I you made me think about that I haven't really thought about, um, which I appreciate because there's some there's a lot of meat that we went over that is really good potential topics for uh, me to bring up again or even full episodes on Travel Evolve. So I hope to love to think about having you back down the road. We can come and cover it. some of those topics potentially. So stay in touch, as I hope you will. Thank and, you so much uh, for having I'm me. I appreciate talk to it. Soon, Danielle. Very cool. Well, so so there you go. I mean, God, there was a we, there was a lot we talked about there. I really love that concept of the culture that's kind of been created. And I know it sounds weird, but she's right on. I think I got another episode in my head brewing here down the road. But I, I think it's pretty interesting that those of us that aren't in your shoes, and there's a lot of us in this industry. You know, a lot of recruiters, a lot of CEOs, a lot of CFOs, a lot of account managers that don't really see that culture. We hear about it. We really do. I mean, you can't be in this industry too long without hearing about it from a traveler. It's, it's, it's kind of what is talked about frequently, just the, the environment and how, how hard and how tough it is. But I really felt that Danielle kind of really opened up some of my eyes to, yeah, what a shock, what a surprise that People do get burnout. I would have had a whole different episode possibly on the avoiding burnout episode if I could envelop some of Danielle's uh, thoughts that she kind of put on me here um, for sure. But I do think there's something there's something there that we should, again, on Travel Evolved, openly discuss. It's an interesting culture, and it's an interesting scenario that you guys are thrust into every time you walk into that facility. And I, I think, as she said, recognizing that it's it's a time potentially for you to say, this is no longer for me. And I would understand, I think anybody would right now, how culpable that experience could be with what we're going through and how high demand things seem to be and and looking at the rewards and looking at the risk and saying, you know, maybe at this point it, it's time for me to go away. I think it's okay, it's okay to think that way. So to recognize that's one thing and then, like we talked about, to not beat yourself up about the fact that you don't have to stay in healthcare. I mean, there's no blood oath that you took <laughs> that said this is what I'm going to do forever and for some of you out there maybe we're, we're hitting you know hitting at home with you that it is okay to say I need to pursue something different or it's time for me to switch my career because I don't want to be in a point where I'm burned out I don't want to be in a point where I, I I no longer have the patient's best interest in mind and I'm just in that robotic you know area and and, and frame you guys there will be people you know in in school and trade schools that are getting the education that you have to, to come in and, and, you know, potentially replace you. I don't think it's at the level that we're at now. I think it seems to me that things are dropping off. I do think I've heard some rumblings that there are 
uh, as far as nursing goes, there are some increases in nursing school if they have the, the, the uh, capacity to handle that, which is the, always the issue. So that could be on the rise because people have heard it's lucrative. So, you know, who knows if that's really accurate. But I do think, as in general, as we always have talked about in our industry, the, the baby boomers getting older and the sh- nursing shortage doesn't seem to be going away. I think allied professionals have, there are certain specialties that have a, a surplus sometimes, and they definitely have a vacancy where there isn't as many. So you guys know more about how in demand you are in your particular specialty. But regardless of all of that, having the wherewithal to say, hey, I'm feeling a certain way, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the fact that maybe this is something I want to I want to you know get get out of and change and, and go a different different direction. It's to me it's just a healthy conversation because every one of you is going to come to that crossroad at some point, whether like I said, it's in your career or very quickly, that you're going to have this discussion with yourself. And I hope that we pop into your head, and I hope that there is you know that thought and idea that you're going to be okay. You know, you're going to be okay. Most other people in other careers change their careers frequently. You know, I was in advertising when I first got out. Didn't mean I had to be an ad guy the rest of my entire life, and barely was. Realized quickly that, you know, it wasn't that it wasn't for me. I just had other opportunities. This one also fell into my lap. Had no intention of ever being in healthcare staffing. Didn't even know what it was. and Didn't even know that travel nursing was a thing. I think I've shared with you guys before. Had no clue what this world was even like. So anyway, I, I thought that was a, a really remarkable conversation. I, there's a lot that's making me think out loud right now. And um, I'll put some thoughts down on some paper and we may come up with some new things and maybe I can have Danielle come back and we can address some of those. But anyway, I appreciate it as always again today, guys. Um, know when to call it quits. It's, it's okay to, to say it's time to be done. And um, it's just some food for thought. Have a phenomenal, if, you, if this is being released, I think, early on in 2022. I hope it's a great year for everybody uh, in healthcare. I hope, uh, I hope that people stay making good money. I hope that there's still a lot of demand and need for what you do. And I hope you, I hope you stay traveling, to be honest. I'm, I'm just being that CEO again. I really do. Because if it is for you, I hope you stick with it. And um, we appreciate you. All of us do, whether they tell you or not. All of us appreciate you, and all of us are very thankful for your efforts because it, it's it's part of the cog, and it, and it all works out pretty well if it's done right. So, guys, as always, I appreciate it, and I will catch you next time on Travel Evolved.